Welcome to Flipped, the Irish animation podcast. Hi, I'm Megan. Hi, I'm Aidan. Welcome to episode nine of the Flipped Animation Podcast. Thank you so much for all the retweets and all the support. And um, there's been a few people who have um, just mentioned us on Twitter and Facebook and we really appreciate yes, it as always forever grateful <laughs> um <laughs> this interview is with uh, celine kiernan who was uh, an animator for bluth both in dublin um and in uh, the states and then she set up her own little animation company and she's good she's a really great animator has got a really interesting story uh, so celine is also the author of the award-winning and critically acclaimed books uh, called the moorhawk trilogy Celine's fourth book, Into the Grey, won the 2012 CBI Book of the Year and the CBI Children's Choice Award is actually the first book to have won both categories. Um, so here's the interview. Enjoy. I am here in Cavalier Studios in uh, Dublin. I'm delighted to be joined by Celine Kiernan. Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for taking the time to no have worries. a chat. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> no problem. So I think the thing that I always start off with people is how did you start off in sort of the industry or the first gig or how what led to that sort of I, situation? I uh, pretty much can exactly pinpoint the time <laughs> Excellent. when I wanted to be an animator and literally from that moment on, it was all that drove me forward. Wow. And it was um, my art teacher in Greendale Community School, a brilliant man called Mr. Carney, um, who when I gave up art, because I was determined not to end up like my dad, a penniless artist, oh, right. uh, and I thought I'd be a physicist instead, which is hilarious because I'm both dyslexic and dyscalculic. <laughs> but uh, so Mr. Carney, when I gave up art, he... He said that I could study it outside the school. He used to chase me around the corridors, <laughs> making sure I had my homework done. Yeah, no. he was determined I wouldn't give it up. And he brought in, I can never remember the name of those things. You know, the drum you spin? Oh, Zotrope? Yeah, yes. and you look through the yeah, slides. Yeah, you look through the slides. Yeah, yeah, the slides, yeah. I remember the shock They're amazing, of they? looking through that and realising that that was what cartoons were. Yeah. Up it's until incredible. then, they'd just been another movie to me. I had never. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew they weren't people. Real, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it had never occurred to me what they were. And I, I'm not joking, you know, I'm 46 years of age. And that was just after I had done my intercert. Mm, okay. Right. And I remember the physical shock wow. of looking through that and going, that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. Brilliant. Uh, I, it sounds it sounds totally corny, but that is exactly what happened. No, that's great. And uh, from that moment on, I kind of geared myself towards. I think there was only one animation course it was in Dunleary, and yeah. it was part of a bigger film course. Okay. Um, it was really a, at that time a minuscule part. Okay, so it was like a module or something, was it? It was like? barely existent. Right. Um. But they had a few very keen teachers and they had a lot of keen lecturers like Murakami, the guys from Murakami Wolf would oh, come yeah. in and out. And I was, and that's what I wanted to do. So I geared myself towards getting into Dunleary. Okay. And you had to do a foundation course in general film and then you could specialise. So really my animation was on the side okay. during that year. And what happened was, remember when my dad was a penniless artist? Mm -hmm. We had no money. Mm-hmm. And I was working my way through college with two jobs. And um, 
long story short, if that's physically possible <laughs> for me, I ran out. I ran out money in the second year okay. of college, and I was going to have to leave. Right. Partially because I was exhausted with from working at yeah, trying to get to college, but mostly because I just couldn't keep doing it anymore. And I was walking up. The, at the time, Dunleary was a tiny college with this really long driveway. Okay. And I was walking up the long driveway and I met this bloke, can't remember his name now, who had dropped out of college in first year. Okay. And he said, oh, how's it going? How's it going? And I was like, um, I'm going to have to leave. I've no money. He went, oh, why don't you put an application into Sullivan Bluth? And it was the first <laughs> I'd ever heard of them. Oh, really? Except, oh, my God. Except, I didn't know, the first I'd heard that they were here, mm. except that I had done at the end of my first year in college, uh, you don't call it a thesis, but you know, your yeah. final year project. Yeah, yeah. On the sound in The Secret and In. Oh, well, very good. Yeah, and and when, when I realised that's who they were, mm. I ran up the keys with my <laughs> portfolio, um, all the way up to Cunningham Road. Mm. And I waited all summer I knew I wasn't going to be able to go back to college at the end of the summer right. I waited all summer for them to call me oh god okay <laughs> and I was getting my hair done in a hairdresser's in uh, Grafton Street it was one of those you know we'll do your hair for free if you if you let us join we want oh, well, yeah, yeah so I was getting yeah, an yeah. auburn putting ball haircut basically don't you <laughs> and I something grabbed me and I said to the girl who was at that moment dyeing my hair I said I have to go make a phone call right now this minute do you have a phone and she was like I think she thought I had someone dying in the hospital oh, or something and <clears throat> she said yeah go on and I ran out with my hair dripping and I rang the, the studio totally chancing my arm because right. I knew I couldn't afford to go back to college yeah. and I said the college is after ringing me and they're after <laughs> saying they need to know now this minute whether or not I'm coming back um, and they said oh come on in for a line test mm-hmm. so I went into the line test for the in-between department and that was it hey. no more college Wow. animation all the way wow fantastic yeah. cool so what was that then that you started on then <clears throat> that was Land Before Time. Land Before Time, oh, very good. Yeah, so I was in between and on Land Before Time. I can't remember the chronology now. I'm on that stone age <laughs> of what happened next. Uh, but yeah, Land Before Time was my very first in between gig. And then I was an assistant animator on the next one. So whatever the next movie was. All Dogs, maybe, no? Oh, probably. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. All Dogs was my favourite, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, of the movies I worked for. Excellent. So you did, so you moved up after the first one? So to assistant, yeah. To it was really quite quick. Okay. But they were very, it was a. Re, it was an absolutely wonderful atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, it was very disciplined in one way in terms of the work. The work was very disciplined. Okay. Um, and I think it had a lot to do with, with the fact that we were all so young and so utterly devoted to animation. Mm. You know, there was no one there who was seen as just... Away earning a bit of cash because it was right in the middle of the recession. No one had any money whatsoever, and despite mm. the fact that they were basically slave wages, we were all like on the pig's back <laughs> when compared to most of our mates. But we were all living in the studio. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, know, you you went in, you slept under your desk, not because <laughs> they made you. We were just totally devoted to wow. the thing. Half the people there married each other because we didn't meet anyone else <laughs> outside of real life, and uh, yeah. It, they're very supportive, very, very much a, a training atmosphere. They really 
wanted you to learn. Mm. There was no, um, unlike some of the other big major studios mm -hmm. where it's like, uh, that's your seat, you say there and shut up kind oh, of thing. Okay, it was yeah. very much a kind of intermingling of departments. And do you want to learn this? Like my husband, wow. who I met there, <laughs> Fair he, enough. he tried out every department that's known good. to man because he was so fascinated with it. He ended up okay. in effects, absolutely adored effects. Mm. Um, but like he'd go down to camera and the camera guys would teach him how to do it. And okay. at that time it was the big multiplane Multi cameras. cameras, the yeah. Russian cameras, yeah. Yeah, oh, so much skills. And it was it was a wonderful atmosphere. Excellent. Cool. So you so you were there probably through the 90s, through all those, through all those uh, right films? Right, until the they year. shut down and then we, we went with them over to Arizona and we worked on Anastasia and... Yeah. Very good. So by, so over that course, you were moving up each time, getting to be sort of... Yeah, sort of, I think Or you stayed the at the assistant for a while, then you moved up to sort of... Well, it, it, or it's all work? very different to how the credits... Because, because right. we were being paid to, to... I think it was called scale. Okay. All right, so if you were called an animator they have to pay you <laughs> an animator's as an animator. salary or, or basically <laughs> i mean that's basically how it worked but pretty much by the end of all dogs i was animating little scenes here and there and then on the next movie which was it thumbelina i probably rockadoodle sure. thumbelina i have no idea <laughs> I don't know the chronology, but yeah, but I was I was in between and on on Long Before Time, and mm -hmm. then the next movie. By the end of it, I was doing little animated scenes here and there. Okay, and then very good. Yeah, but like I said, it was all to do with the fact that the animators themselves were very supportive. Like there was yes. no you'd you'd go up as a, even as a breakdown artist, you'd go mm -hmm. you'd go up to your as an in between, you go up to your breakdown artist and. The intention wasn't to get you away from the desk as quick as possible. Right. You know, you were never yes. rushed. So you'd yeah, put yeah. you'd land these great big scenes up on someone's desk <laughs> yeah. and they'd work through them a frame at a time and they would be telling you, you'd be looking over their shoulders and they'd be mm. telling you as you went along, watching them correct the minutiae yeah. of your work. Yeah. And it and it was it was that way all the way up to assistant. Very good. You know, when you when you're an assistant animator you'd be going up and they'd be showing you You'd be standing looking over somebody's shoulder mm. as they were doing this amazing animation. They were yeah. telling you why and what, you know, what way it was working. And the same then, you never stop learning as an animator. Yeah, absolutely. Because Don and Gary were totally devoted to the craft. Mm. Yeah. It was, I mean, of course it was about business and, you know, but it, it was all about the craft. Yeah. It really was. It was an amazing atmosphere. I've, there's never been nothing like it for me. Wow. Then those days, That's and I, I know it's partly because we were young and mm -hmm. mad and hot-headed, but <laughs> it was like it was like being paid to go to college. You know that yeah. that atmosphere in college when yeah. you're having a good when you're having a good college experience mm. and you're learning. Yes, uh, it was like being paid to have that experience with all the parties and the sex all all <laughs> shoved in there as well. It was a, it was a fabulous time. Great stuff. Yeah, cool. So. Because uh, that is one thing, yeah, that you do kind of, uh, not that I think I've met him once, but you from Don and Gary, you do get that sense that they are quite positive and think it's important to kind of carry on and to always sort of teach people. and Utterly devoted to the yeah. craft. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, I mean, to a certain extent, they themselves had the accountant side of the business mm. hanging over them. Mm. And they themselves would have been, like the amount of um, metamorphosis the scripts would have gone through from the beginning, which they always started off with very interesting scripts. Right. 
with a lot of quite dark stuff mm-hmm. and innovative stuff in them. And whatever, you, the way the business was, they'd always end up being quite watered down oh, by okay. the end of it. And they had to deal with that. Mm. And it, sometimes from the floor, it was quite frustrating to see that happen yeah. to a script that you would have read at the beginning going, no one is doing nothing this like this. This amazing. would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then to see at the end of it, it comes out really quite watered down. But, you know, that was that was the battles they had to fight in order to keep the studios running. Yeah. But on an animation level. And, even you know, you could see that they loved story as well. Mm. But on an animation level. I've, ne- I've never been in such a demanding job. And it yeah. wasn't, it was a course about footage. You yes. know, they'd come yes. in and they'd say, have you not got that scene? That's that's one of the famous phrases from one of the production managers. Is that scene done yet? <laughs> Is it done yet? I only got it this morning. You know, it's 16 feet of people swimming. Like, you know, it's not going to be done till next month or whatever. But that was always hanging over you. But the real emphasis was on quality. Yeah. Right up until the very last right. I mean, they'd have been they were carrying the equipment out, the shutting the place down, the bankruptcy guys were in taking our desks out from under people were <laughs> <laughs> trying to get lovely work done. Oh man. Amazing time. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And then was that the same then when you moved to Phoenix as well? Because that sort of ethos kind of carried uh, over or had that was a very different experience and in, oh. in, in a lot of ways it was quite a shock because you were then quite firmly uh within the grip of a, of a corporate studio. Okay. So your independence, whatever type of story, independence or whatever that Don and Gary would have had prior to that, mm-hmm. uh, once they were in Arizona, it became very much, uh, the atmosphere was very corporate. Oh, really? So it changed? You could feel the, oh, surely the difference? Oh, it changed, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, there was also, we were all a lot more mature okay. and we knew our worth. And, and it wasn't a case of, uh, it was nothing to do with money. Mm. It was all to do with, um, again, love of the craft coming up against a kind of corporatocracy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a difficult time. Yeah, Phoenix was a difficult time. I, I look back on the work I did then, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I mean, I hate, we all hated Rotoscope. Mm. It was one of the first times we were asked to truly rotoscope. Okay. And not all the scenes were rotoscope, just, you know, but it was quite tight. It was very controlled and um, we, we were getting away from animation. and mm. Most of us felt that way, that we were getting away from the, the kind of heart of the craft at okay. that time. And as well, there was a lot of... Um, the 3D was starting to come in, not 3D, but a lot of gridding, which we had used before, you know, wire grids okay. and stuff like that. We, we had used that before, but it was it was quite heavy okay. on the moving backgrounds and stuff, which were a challenge. Yeah, I liked them. But when then when you were co- combining that with rotoscoping, it was challenging without reward yeah. a lot of the time. At the same time, I look back on, because I was a girl animator, I don't mean I'm a girl personally, but... I seem to like have a talent for drawing and animating girls yep. and um, I got to do a lot of Anastasia's work and then yeah. as a consequence a lot of Dimitri okay. and I really enjoyed that I love human animation it's mm-hmm. one of my things it was frustrating for me to have to rotoscope <laughs> when I want to keep pushing you know yeah. I really wanted to push but I look back on some of the work I did back then I, I really like it okay you know, so it 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 was rewarding in certain ways, but it was more challenging than 
general would. Yeah, you must learn from it as well. I think if you're sort of really studying human things that you wouldn't necessarily have from Roche's noticed. Scope, yeah, not, not really. really. I think you learn more from trying things yourself. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I think you learn more from uh, video referencing. Okay. So if you like, if you see it, when I when I'm doing the waltz thing upstairs, yeah. yeah. So I'd be looking at um, the videos of waltzes, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd more break down how real humans move. Yes. And then I'd have all my my sketch notes beside me, mm-hmm. and then the animation is more has a more fluid animation feel to it. Yes. Because you're only looking at the sketches which you've all so you've already interpreted yes, the you human put them movement. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and then you you're interpreting it your sketches again mm-hmm. for the animation. So I think it's more fluid. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. really. Yeah, definitely. So, because I had heard that, I was going to ask you about it, yeah, that he, that there was a reputation of sticking to live, act, or to, yeah, rotoscope, basically. Sticking on, to on, the, on, on stage. So on stage. So that wasn't the case on the, on sort of Thumbelina and Pebble and the Penguin and all Thumbelina those ones felt that were here. Freer. Okay. Yeah. But you do didn't have photostats that you were tracing off or anything, or you did? I'm trying to remember, um, let me see, like I said, the chronology, um, because every time I close my eyes and I see the photostats, I'm seeing Anastasia. So I'm just trying to shove my head back <laughs> to Tumbelina times. Yes, we had Annabelle Ball. Annabelle Ball. Anna, Anna, she was an actress at the time. Okay. That's how I remember it. I just <laughs> seen her face and flashed up. We, we, she was in the commitments. Oh, great. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. She was the blonde one in the qu- commitments. She came in. Angelina Ball. Okay. And she did video reference. You're right. We did have video reference on Thumbelina. But it wasn't... It was definitely more animated. You know, okay, there was so more, it wasn't as strict. It was much more... Re- yeah, it was more reference. Reference. Yeah, yes. than yeah. anything else. But you're right. We did actually have... I remember now we had... Um, because one of, the, one of my very first scenes... That's how I remember. Was where Thumbelina meets Mr. Mole. Okay. And she goes, "How pleased to meet you, Mr. Mole." Mm-hmm. And I now that you, I do remember the reference. But you know, tracing, we would have traced over, and then we would have discarded, and then we would have animated. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you so didn't. You oh, would so have you had your photos. Just get rid of them completely, and then. Well, that's how oh. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's certainly not how we did it on. And stage, right? Unfortunately, yes, yes yeah. Um, but but yeah. that's lovely to kind of trace over to kind of get it in there. Yeah, and yeah. Then sort of, and then we'd shove them. Aside. Get rid of it, and then use kind of again, like you say, interpreting it. Yeah, it's yourself, like levels of interpretation, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But then I suppose as well, though Tumbelina was to a certain extent, it was a much much more animated movie, I suppose, because there was only really the one human. That, two well, I think that's why characters. I mentioned Tumbelina because yeah, everything else yeah. you couldn't have like Rockadoodle or something. You couldn't what um, did they do? Goldie. I don't remember them doing anything for Goldie. God, I'm useless. Aren't <laughs> I just remember animating them. As far as I can recall, it was a case of if there were fo- if prior to Anastasia, if yeah. there were, if there was live action reference yeah. and there was a lot shot. Okay. Um, it was a case of trace, discard, mm-hmm. then animate. Mm. But okay. Anastasia was certainly not. It was trace fish. Ish, well, yeah, yeah, more or less. Very good. So, was how was that decision to move over to the states then? Sort of personally, you just, that's it. You just like, oh, for me, yeah, personally, yeah, me yeah. and the husband. So when you sort of said, okay, oh, Bluth is, is, is shutting up shop, yeah. you were like, 
you had a look around, there was nothing else that said, oh, we better go, or you thought, yes, brilliant, we'll go to the States, we're, or it was sort of... a little of, institutionalised. I mean, there was actually no concept of looking around. We just, we just went. Followed them. We right. were madly in love with classical. Hmm. Absolutely. My husband was madly in love with classical effects animation and bloody amazing at it too. Mm. And um, it was an adventure. Mm -hmm. We thought it would be an adventure. <laughs> um, yeah, there wasn't much hesitation. It was, there was a hesitation over our children. We, we were going to move our children over there. Okay. We said we'd come home when they were of school age, but in fact we ran home much quicker than that. Yeah? Absolutely hated. <laughs> yeah, just, just it was an awful. It was such a... Uh, America itself was lovely. Mm -hmm. it, the, the corporate aspect of working in the animation was such a culture shock that we just really couldn't cope with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we came home and we set up a little freelance studio called Pigs in the Attic. And then we would. I was just telling the lads upstairs actually that when we came home, we had this idea like we, we rang up all the European studios okay. and said, Have you heard of this thing called email? <laughs> and wow. most of them were like, Oh, I don't think it's going to count. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, no, I promise you. And within a year and a half, at the maximum, uh, we were all emailing each other scenes. Wow. For about, for about eight to nine months, we were using the old line test system, and mm -hmm. we would shoot on video, yep. and we would courier wow. the videos to the animation studios God. in Europe, and they would ring us back, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it very, very quickly... From the initial, have you ever heard of email phone call? Like within the space of a year, we we were. They definitely had heard and yeah, were using. Yeah, we're using it, and that was good. That just went great for us. We had a lovely little network of classical animation freelancers, and that's fantastic. It was, it was that was a good time too. And that was just you and your husband had that company. Yeah, he would do effects, mm -hmm. I would do character, mm -hmm. and we would basically just take in bits and pieces. So there's some, there were some lovely. Uh, animation studios particularly Berlin and Denmark and yeah. Berlin and Germany and Denmark we we kind of ended up sticking with them because they were the they were the most uh, efficient okay. and when you're working long distance efficiency like I mean we tried yeah. it once we tried to work for an Italian studio once we tried to work for a Spanish studio and we just kind of went oh, yeah <laughs> it wasn't just a lot of it, it was too vague you, you can't okay. you can't work long distance if the directors are vague and mm -hmm. you know and if you're not getting paid <laughs> <laughs> those are the two main yeah yeah basically but yeah Den Denmark and Germany were the backbone of our business and then Warner Brothers in London my husband would, would work with them quite a bit so. oh, very good excellent so what was the kind of stuff that you worked on so what was some of the stuff you worked on from, for Germany and Denmark then? Um, these were features I presume yeah help on the fish Oh, yeah. uh, they would have been we would have worked in them in the original language which was interesting <laughs> actually to work on a next sheet and work only phonetically was very interesting Help <laughs> uh, and Fish like they were very effects heavy films okay so what would have brought the work in originally would have been uh, no okay. he's, he's the he was an effects director actually okay. at the time so he would have like there were a lot of sea and a of lot course. of weather. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, so yeah, help on a fish. Things, the yeah. two little uh, uh, kind of polar bear movies, the okay. uh, little polar bear. I think they have a TV series as well. The guys were trying to find some scenes upstairs and all we could find was the TV series. <laughs> um, and that was for Berlin or was Germany or Denmark? 
Oh, uh, tough question. <laughs> a film in Denmark film did Mark, yeah. The Help I'm a Fish. Yeah. And I think it was cartoon film in um, Berlin. Mm-hmm. Did The Two Little Polar Bears. Okay. And then I think it was cartoon film as well. Uh, we did Laura Star. Okay. As well, which was... Uh, I absolutely loved working on that. Yeah. I adored working on the first Little Polar Bear movie. Okay. Because um, I got to do the little girl and the grandmother, and that was lovely. Mm-hmm. And then I loved working on Laura Star, because I love the guys in cartoon film. They're just okay. they were just lovely company to work for. And then I th- I'm pretty sure Laura Star was my last movie, and then I went into writing, and that was it un- until very recently. Because nine uh, eleven after nine eleven, we had three feature films lined up for the stu- for Pigs in the Attic. Mm. And we had that's basically a little over three years work. Mm. So we yeah. we were really chugging along, nice, yeah, really yeah. really nice. We had everything sorted out. Nine eleven happened. The uh, uh, global finances contracted almost immediately. Yeah. But it wasn't felt too much on you know the recession. It was really weird when you're in the film business. You can see recessions coming a mile away. <laughs> And um, the global contraction wasn't felt too instantly, except the animation business. Really? Suddenly got very, very nervous. Mm-hmm. And um, what was it? Had just made a load of money. Some 3D movie, anyway, had just made okay. a load of money. And suddenly all the backers went, no, it has to be 3D. Oh, God. And every one of those three projects, don't ask me to name them now, I haven't a clue. No. Um, <laughs> got converted to 3D, and oh, that was us completely wow. out of the picture. Oh, my God. Because we had no, absolutely no, well, we were living, you know, it, it's like yourself, we were living from project to project, yep. so yep. there was no money to to convert. Neither of us knew how to do 3D. Mm. And even if we had the, the amount of money it takes to keep up with the technology. The technology yeah. is changing so constantly. Yeah, new version every year. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had no hope. We had not a hope in hell of staying in the business after that. Not unless we wanted to move somewhere and you know become part of the studio. And at that stage, the kids were in school and stuff. So, yeah, okay. so that wasn't... So was that a hard decision to close then, Pigsniotic? Or I mean, obviously it was sort of a sad decision, but yeah, you sound no, like you're kind of like, well, this is not going to work. Oh no, that's Let's this is this is years of you know me coming to terms with it. Okay, right, yeah, okay, okay, well then. Um, I mean, it's I mean, I at least had the right, and it broke Noel's heart entirely. Mm. I mean, Noel still adores classical. I still mm. adore classical. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was we had one project. It was um, I think it was El Cid. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. with that that was our final project, and after that, there may have been a few little scraps from Germany, but uh, no, it just it completely died out yeah. for us. And it was it wasn't a hard decision not to move, because the kids were in school. Mm. And uh, really, they were our priority at the time. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, yeah, it broke our hearts. Yeah, yeah really did. Crazy. And yeah, but it is. It's mm, it's a funny thing because even in two D, because I was working, I I did drawing stuff straight out of college for about a year, and then it was the same thing. Suddenly, everything just kind of went away. It was yeah. all practically overnight. It was all just sort of. Yeah. yeah, I trained in Flash. Then I went into um, graphic design. And I trained in Flash with the an online education company. Okay. 
who who also shut down. I think I'm some kind of pariah for <laughs> industries. I was telling the guys upstairs, don't get comfy now that I'm in here. But um, the yeah, I trained in flash, and that kind of gave me a, a, a slight in you know I would yes. say because if anyone said well can you do flash animation I was able to go oh well I've done this yes. can you train me how to do a little bit more Yeah. Okay. so I've been like gradually learning as the years have gone by mm-hmm. based on the flash work I did but, yes. but yeah I mean when was the last time you did hand drawn paper based yeah it was, it was you know whatever uh, like yeah 2006 or something like that. <laughs> it's, yeah it was a long time and it did it was strange that it just sort of happened to kind of And I think when you're in kind of in deep involved in the big studio system, even even in terms of a film and cartoon film, they were definitely based on the studio system. Mm. It's a lot more difficult then because you've no base of reference. You don't really know anyone in the smaller business. You're not used to gypsy in between smaller studios, which is what people tend to do now. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to build up that kind of network when you've been more... Like, yeah, I don't know, institutionalized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a better term. Yeah, no, it's true. <coughs> so it's because that's yeah, that's all I've ever done. Like they kept kind of ping around to all these yeah. different kind of places and stuff. Um, so did you say you worked in Germany and stuff as well at some point? So I'm sort of well, Noel all would, over the place here. Oh, you're all right. Uh, Noel would tend because Noel was directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noel would tend to go live in places for six month stints. It was like being oh, married okay. to an army man. <laughs> um, and I would tend to stay working freelance. Uh, okay. So I'd go over for maybe about a maximum I would ever have gone over because we had the children. Mm-hmm. So they would, of course, stayed in Ireland. Mm. So the maximum I would have ever gone over was a couple of weeks just to familiarize myself with the director and oh, okay. to get to know what way they were, you know, their processes rather than animation because really the animation, when it comes down to it. It's the same. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. same process when you're drawn. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'd come home and do freelance while Noel was over working away on doing the effects. Very good. And gradually, like, uh, you could see 3D, even pre-9-11, you could see it, in in effects in particular, you could see it starting mm. to converge because they were using more and more programs where guys would have been drawn snow. Noel would have found it, oh, they have this new thing now where and they have a wind machine and a particle yeah, generator yeah, and stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you could see that coming in, mm-hmm. uh, cre- creeping in, <laughs> like tuberculosis. <laughs> um, so then I'd be uh, remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about writing. So has the writing thing always been there as well as animation? I mean, you sort of just said how you just beautifully talked about how animation was your sort of love. My love, yeah. But then... Well, it kind of combined the two things anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, it would have been graphic novels for me. Okay. And, and, uh, like, that's one of the great things about animation is that, like, it's, like, the three things, the storytelling, the drawing, and the acting all in Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I would have been always doing them parallel parallel okay. to each other so if I you know when I was working in the studio I'd come home and write and ah. it's just that one kind of one as one died down the other, the other grew up and yeah excellent and do you I mean it's an odd question do you find any parallels between the two processes because I mean in a way animation in terms of filmmaking is this sort of long you know frame by frame kind of way of doing it yeah and there must be some parallels with writing a book you feel like you're doing it um it's more the story structure from having worked in film Mm. i would tend to well i tend to be a very visual writer anyway and the more experience i have the less visual my writing is getting really but 
Um, I think it's more it's more the the experience of uh, working in story in the story structure of film probably sounds to me a little okay. more so I would have to I would have a quite concrete even though my books are quite fluid and don't you know you wouldn't call them high concept really but I'd have a more concrete a good concrete idea of story structure and pacing and that kind of stuff from the get go yes because you've spent the time beforehand yeah, learning up on breaking stories down into chunks into, into <laughs> one frame yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah because there is yeah I think there is definitely because this is, and I think you probably even say this on your website, it's all storytelling, really. Like that's kind of what it is. Whether you have a little, you know, two-second scene or you have a yeah. 400-page novel or something. You yeah, know, it's, absolutely. It's, it's sort of, that's kind of what it's I about. I think one of the nice things about working on animation, though, is you're more like an actor. Like, you're not, mm. uh, your story brain switched off. Mm-hmm. Well, really, I mean, when it comes down to it, your story brain is switched yeah. off when you're an animator. And I think that's why I never had any aspirations to direct or yeah that's what I was going to say then yeah. exactly have, so you've never had that feeling because no. you're sort of involved in sort of bigger picture stories and things like that with the writing yeah and then the acting and the animation you never felt like putting the two together to direct a no no absolutely not no no I think they're two completely different disciplines and mm-hmm. I think in one in the writing you're God and you're like cre- creating the universe and in the animation I think it's a, it's a lot more disciplined and you have a less you know you have to put your ego to one side yes yeah, yeah. and I actually really like that okay it's like being a ballerina or an actor yes you know you you're kind of an empty vessel for someone else's story to come through that sounds very ponzi <laughs> but that's how I feel about it like I don't like the I, I kind of like laying my ego aside for mm. animation and yeah. it to be all about drawing yeah you know and because because for me the Drawing is like a, I I think I'm very skilled with drawing, and, yeah, and it's I something agree. that I find I get an immense amount of satisfaction oh, from, right, yeah. and I get an immense amount of satisfaction from then seeing them move. Yes, yeah, that's the you trick, know, that gives, that's, that's, that's still, that still you know that thing, thing when you yeah, were, yeah, that still gives me such a thrill. I mean, yeah. you know yourself, you're working through a scene. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like working through a book. You get halfway through the scene, you want to kill it. You want to kill yourself. <laughs> you want to kill the director. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, I could have been a brain surgeon. <laughs> and then, no, I couldn't. And <laughs> but but there's something about when, it, when, you, when you get to the end of it and you've got it right and it's there and it breathes. Mm. You know, oh, I yeah. still haven't gotten over that thrill. Yeah, it, it, of, it, it of is drawings, amazing. Yeah. breathing. Yeah, it's that thing where sometimes, uh, yeah, you do a bit of scene and it's that sort of moment when you press play on the line tester or you press whatever, you know, flash, you do a render or you do something and it's like, oh, these things yeah. are suddenly kind of alive. And, it, and like of. as well, like with people, you know, you, you know when you're working on a feature, right, and you get to the end of a feature and you right. hate every frame of it. Okay. <laughs> I, like, um, who was it? Oh, I cannot believe I've forgotten his name. The Bugs Bunny lad. Chuck Jones. Came over and gave us a lecture once. And um, I I always remember my dad would make himself sick laughing at Bugs Bunny every really? every Saturday morning, right? <laughs> Eating his bread, he'd bring in his breakfast on a tray and he'd watch the cartoons and he would like you could hear him laughing all over the house. <laughs> and I said this to him and I said, "Do they ever make you laugh?" He was such a grumpy old b- not my dad, <laughs> but himself. Oh really? Uh, yeah. And he said, "Oh, for God's sake! Of course they don't. I hate the bloody things by the time they're finished." And you know, like it kind of hurt for him to say it, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. So you get to the end of a feature, and you're looking at the feature, and all you can see is the mistakes, mm. and you hate it. Yeah. But sometimes, because I was a childminder for a while, 
and you'd sit looking at the kids, looking at movies, or ah. someone would come up to you and they'd say, oh my God, she mm-hmm. worked on all this time. Mm-hmm. Like someone tweeted me the other day about the books, and then they realised, they, they said, oh my God, I just found you on IMBD. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Anastasia, of all things, the, the film that probably like made me die inside the most. <laughs> and, and when you get that kind of reaction, you go, Okay, yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like yeah. you make people laugh and cry. It sounds really corny, mm-hmm. but actually, that's really cool. Okay, but it's like it's it is it's very hard, and I'm sure I can only imagine how hard that is. Then, like, what two years into a novel or something, when you're kind of going, oh, yeah. oh, every <laughs> single bloody. But my kids are like, not again, because I'm like, no one's ever gonna want to read this. Sh- <laughs> it's total crap. I've dedicated myself to just working on rubbish. Oh, no. Every single one. And then the kids are like, shut up, ma'am. Seriously, you're the same every time. But I, that's how I feel. And then you get to the end of it and like your feature films, you hate every word. <laughs> but no, but it is, there is, yeah, there's the silver line <laughs> in there somewhere. If you really want to look for it. Yeah, the process. Exactly. No, yeah. And, yeah, and then yeah. afterwards. And then the thrill. Yeah. The thrill of like doing it yeah yeah but then you have to discard it and move on yeah that is that is true actually yeah. that's that's um yeah that's something that yeah but that's healthy yeah i think it is, discarding it? it and moving on means you're not either either living on your laurels yeah or you're not constantly hanging around waiting for people's expressions when they look at the one thing you've produced <laughs> yeah. you're you're just you've done this thing and you're either proud proud of it or you're not yeah and then you move on to the next thing, which the process is everything. Yes. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. I, yeah, you're, you're right. That's a pretty good lesson, actually, because I think I always find that as well, because you do I make these little films or whatever, and I could go back and fix them and change them. Yeah. And people say, oh, do you not, why don't you fix it? And I'm like, no, come on. Uh, yeah. yeah. Got to keep moving. That's you backwards. Know exactly do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, while you're working on it, like, for, at the moment, I'm going through hellacious edits, oh, really? you know, and while you're working on it, it just feels like, you have to get it right. You know yes, that thing yes. where you're saying, oh, yeah. yeah, so it feels like getting it right is the most important, important thing, thing in the world. world. Yeah. And it is while you're working on yeah. it. But once you've moved off, that's it. You have you to walk away. Yeah. It's difficult when your work's getting reviewed. Yes. You know, and particularly with books, it's an ongoing review, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. It's, an <laughs> on, it's an ongoing review process. So like something you wrote back in 2008 when you know you weren't as good a writer as you are now Suddenly and they're still getting reviewed. Yeah. yeah. And um, But that that is difficult. But again, it's a little bit like the discipline of laying your ego aside when you're animating. Mm-hmm. You just have to go, yeah, well, that was Celine of 2008 and now, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm proud of what that was, but every single project I have to get better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so it's always the process. So when you're no. in, when you're kind of invested in the process of you creating something better than the last piece of work, I don't think you're ever going to be damaged. Yes. You know, by by the knowledge that there's work out there that you'd love to go back and fix because you're now better at your job mm-hmm. is just something you have to live, live with. with. Yeah, no, that that is yeah, that's very true. And yeah, yeah it's not a bad place to leave it. Oh, okay. okay. Great stuff. Okay, thanks, Amelia. Thank you very much. Just want to say thank you so much to Celine for this interview.
We also wanted to uh, congratulate the organisers and everyone involved in the animation art show uh, that we talked about on a previous podcast. It was a great, it was a great day, and they uh, managed to raise twelve thousand five hundred euro for Jack and Jill and uh, Laura Lynn House. So well done. We also this podcast plug is for Picture. We already talked about it in Neve Sharkey's interview a good while back, um, but it is now in Emma. Uh, until the 12th of January 2014 so if you want to check it out um, there should be some beautiful uh, artwork from yeah. the leading children books book illustrators um, so you should definitely go yeah, check, check it that out, one out. Um, and as usual if you want to get in touch with us um, for plugs or for anything else it's flippedpodcast at gmail.com uh, there's the Facebook page. You can like that. It's facebook.com slash flippedpodcast. Uh, if you want to uh, tweet at me, I'm at Aidan McAteer. And I'm at the Megbar. And you can always find us on iTunes as well and even leave a review if you want to. So um, until next time, see you later. Farewell. Flipped Animation Podcast was produced by Megan McMahon and Aidan McAteer, edited by Aidan McAteer, and featured music from royaltyfreemusiclibrary.com. For more information, uh, visit our website at flippedpodcast.com.